Episode 16 of the Small Biz Startup Essentials podcast with an interview from Chris Hughes, a content strategy consultant who will help us understand the importance of the right message with our personal brand business. Well, hello there and welcome to the Small Biz Startup Essentials podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Tom Claremont and my goal is to help equip you through the personal brand small business startup process by providing you with enough tips and tools in these episodes so that your pivot through the small business startup process goes a lot smoother and you're more profitable quicker. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a like on the platform you're using. You can go to TomClaremont.com for more information on how I can help you with your new startup. Well, welcome again to another episode of the Small Biz Startup Essentials podcast. Very pleased to have with us today, Chris Hughes. Chris is a content strategy consultant who works with solopreneurs and small business owners to build trust and lower acquisition costs and win back simplicity through content strategy. Chris is located in the great city of Austin, Texas. But you can get more information at chrishughes.com, K-R-I-S-H-U-G-E-S.com. I'll put the links in the show notes. Chris, thanks for uh, being with us today. Yeah, excited to be here. Thanks, Thomas. Well, thanks for taking some time out of your day today to uh, help us with this interview and to help the listeners get to know more about uh, what you do and how you do it. So how did you get started in content management? Yeah, so I really I started out as a sports writer. I built my own sports blogs back around 2010. Uh, worked on those for a couple of years, self-taught SEO content strategy. I just really kind of learned in the trenches. You know, I was always had some writing ability, but really didn't understand the strategic side as well and, and self-taught that and learned it. Uh, from the ground up and built those blogs up to the point where I sold those to another network in 2012 and worked for them uh, for a couple of years in a consulting capacity as a, as a contractor. Learned a lot more in the trenches uh, of traffic acquisition and, and SEO and understanding patterns and building writing teams and really learning how to grow a network. Uh, they were already had some good, good momentum and uh, I was a part of, of that growth, and it led me to my first full-time opportunity uh, with a digital publisher here in Austin called Wide Open Media Group. Um, I ran their content operations for four years, uh, built that whole operation from ground zero, basically from one website to where we had five sites that were driving 15 million visitors a month. I was managing a team of seven people at that point. Um, so yeah, just really kind of learned in the trenches, self-taught, and then took it from there to the point where I was able to have my first full-time opportunity. And then since I've shifted, um, to where I'm building out my consulting business. Wow. So you've had some great success uh, early on then. Yeah, it was good. You know, each, I think it was just that notion of compounding returns that I really believe in is just the consistent work day over day over several years led to the first opportunity and you know, then that opportunity opened uh, even more doors for me uh, to this point. So how do you help someone plan uh, a website and social media? Yeah, you know, I think it, the research component is really deep uh, for somebody that has, um, you know, a business that's running well and they know that they need uh, the website element to really accelerate that growth or they're just getting off the ground, the planning 
is a little bit different and the research component's a little bit different, but there's a lot that goes in up front before that first piece of content's ever created, right? Like there's keyword research, there's persona development, there's competitive analysis, there's content gap analysis. You're looking at all these different elements to see what the competitive landscape looks like, you know, what the competitors are doing from a content perspective and what opportunity that provides you as a business and, and for your content approach. Um, you know, if you've created a little bit of content, what's going well about that, maybe not what's not going as well. So you can pivot a little bit and, and make some changes. So yeah, the research component is, is huge on the front side and that's really a collaborative process, you know, where I work with the business owner hand in hand and we work through the process together to make sure, you know, that there's an alignment there before we really drive into the strategic piece and the execution of the strategy. Wow. And so you, you really look at this in a holistic sort of way then, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, is there, is there a way to take this in sort of uh, incremental stages or do you recommend sort of before you even launch, uh, you should have, you know, the, the, these things, these elements in place first? Yeah. You know, that's tough um, because you don't want to get into analysis paralysis where you never launch because you're overthinking uh, what you want to do. I mean, sometimes you just want to get some content out there to get comfortable with the creation process and and get started. But I think if, if you really see content strategy and, and the consistency of content marketing as being a business lever for yourself and a way to decrease acquisition costs and a way kind of simplify your business, it's important to really think about it holistically and really go through the grind of the of the planning process and the research process to get your persona nailed down, to figure out what type of content you want to create, you know, whether it's written, it's it's video, is it podcasting like this? You know, what is it uh, that you're going to be your medium of choice and build a plan around that. And also, you know, a big part of it, when I talk to solopreneurs a lot, they mention I just don't have enough hours in the day. Where am I going to find the time? So it's thinking about how much commitment you can make and how you can make that commitment and how you can hold yourself to that uh, to be consistent. Mm -hmm. So what what part of the process should someone get uh, a strategy consultant? Should it be like when they're working on their business plan, uh, before the business plan, you know, like after the launch, when should they reach out to someone like you? Yeah. It's tough. Uh, you know, it varies because there are different scenarios. Uh, you've got somebody who realizes before they launch that they want content to be a part of, of the business. They want it to be a driver. So we work together, you know, up front before they ever really hit the ground or where they've got a strategy in place upon launch. And it's just baked into what they're doing day by day business wise. You've got kind of a, you know, a business that's been at it for a couple of years. They've you know, maybe played some with paid ads. They've tried that side of acquisition. It's been too expensive. They want to pivot. They want to get more organic attention. So, you know, somebody that's been at it for a year or two could come to me and we work together to help that with that pivot. And then there are companies that have created content and it's not working for them. You know, they're driving a lot of traffic, but their conversion's really poor. So that's kind of a reframing process where we dig into the content and see, okay, what's the problem here? Why is this not converting? and reshift the strategy um, to help them take advantage of the traffic that they're getting. So, I mean, there's kind of three different life cycles there. 
Right. So on the SEO side, do you um, just uh, consult about SEO or do you actually get in there and, and, and do something to, um, to improve the SEO results? Are you sort of on the passive side of consulting or, or on the active side of actually making changes? Yeah, I'm good on the on-page SEO, so keyword research and really understanding article structures and overall kind of content hub structures and how you build, you know, kind of that overall flow of content on your website. I'm not as strong on the technical SEO side in terms of coding on the back end, you know, to make sure for page speed or for page loading speed and that kind of stuff. So typically, you know, if I go in and I do that initial audit, I can recognize that the technical SEO needs to be done. And I would probably outsource that to somebody. I have a couple of people I work with that are really good on the technical SEO side, but like the on-page SEO side and like building through keywords and keyword strategies is where my strength lies. So what are the boundaries of a content strategy consulting? You know, what do you do and what do you don't do? Yeah, I'm at the point in my career where I've done a lot of execution work. I've done a lot of writing, uh, you know, and I, I tend to not dig in and do the execution as much myself. You know, I definitely can, depending on the scenario. But I much prefer to come in as, truly as a strategist and, and leading the strategy. You know, I have a team of, of trusted freelancers that I've worked with and subject matter experts that I know in different industries that I can pull in to be, you know, the person that does the execution and really digs in to the daily work of the writing. So I really like to think through, you know, the planning and the strategic aspect and run that strategy and bring in uh, freelancers and uh, that I know can, can do the executional work. And we work together and drive toward the KPIs and drive toward the goals of the business owner as a team. Right. So you don't actually write copy yourself. You recommend somebody, someone else to, to write the copy. Yeah, and it's based on on budget, right? Like if somebody's bootstrapping or they're, you know, they're running a little tighter, which I can totally understand, especially as a solopreneur, and they want me to dig in and do the writing as well, I'm happy to do that. Um, the learning curve may be a little bit deeper if I'm having to come in and understand an industry and be able to speak in that voice and do it, you know, confidently and create a good product. Um, I think things can move a little faster typically if I'm able to go and, and bring in one of my subject matter experts or freelancers to, to dig right in. Good. Can you give maybe an example or two of how you help turn things around for a small business? Yeah, I was working with a local IT uh, training platform here in Austin that is legacy and has been at it for a long time, um, kind of in different incarnations over the course of like the last 10 years. They brought me in in this capacity to look at their content structure because it was exactly the scenario I was describing where they were driving tens of thousands of monthly visits, you know, a lot of traffic to their website, uh, but their conversion rate was really poor. They just weren't generating leads from that traffic. Uh, so I came in and, and we did a pretty massive overhaul of content quality, went back and did some mass scale editing projects to improve the quality of the content, freshened a lot of it up just from you know, making it more current because there are articles that were four or five years old in, in the IT world are way outdated. <laughs> so we had to dig into those and, and make them more current. Um, you know, just develop the consistent SEO structure across the board. Yeah, and their lead generation improved by, I think, 10 to 12% a month um, just from that effort. Um, so, I mean, 
sometimes it's not just uh, building from scratch, it's reframing. You know, somebody is getting frustrated or has, is struggling with the content they have existing. And there, there's things that can be done there too. So what happens if they, if a customer has a domain name that isn't working very well? Like w when I started out back in 2002, I had a domain name with a dash in the middle because I couldn't get, you know, the, 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 the pure version of it. Right. Dot com. So I had a domain name with a dash in the middle and, and you know, it, it, it really didn't work for me. And, and I don't recommend anybody having mm -hmm. that sort of a domain name uh, today. Um, but so how does it work? What do you, what would you recommend if somebody has a domain name that isn't quite, you know, what it should be? Um, and you've, you've found a, a better domain name mm -hmm. uh, just in general searching through the registrars mm -hmm. that you think would work a lot better? Do you sort of advise people to pivot into a different domain name? You can. It's definitely possible to do content migrations, especially if you're on like a, if you've used WordPress or, or Wix or Squarespace, you know, one of the traditional content management systems, you know, the big players out there. There's processes to migrate that content uh, from one domain uh, to another. It's pretty labor intensive. I, you know, I don't want to sugarcoat it. it. It's a hard process, um, but it can be worth it. Uh, you know, dot coms are always preferable and, you know, that are really tied directly to your brand or tied directly to your name and are just, you know, like mine is chrishughes.com. I actually bought it about a year ago uh, because I knew the importance of having that um, for my personal brand. Um, but yeah, it's definitely possible to do those migrations. Uh, they're a challenge. It, it's, uh, it's very detail oriented, but yeah, it's absolutely possible. Sure. What about just purchasing a different domain name, mm -hmm. pointing it to the original hosting account and having and sort of shelving the, the, the domain that isn't working? Is it, yeah. does that work also with content strategy or does it, or when you, when you redirect a domain name, is there something to that process that really doesn't work on the SEO side? It's typically fine. You can just do like a 301 redirect, basically, uh, where you redirect, you know, the original domain to the new one. And so if someone was to type in the old domain name, you know, any of the browsers would automatically redirect them to the new domain name. And that's that 301 process is fairly common. You can do it with individual pieces of content as well. If you want, like, let's say you have a piece of content that's newer, that's an updated version of an older piece that did well, and you want to push the SEO value or the traffic to the newer piece, you just redirect it. So, yeah, that, I mean, that's a possibility. It just really depends on if you still want to have that older domain name kind of lingering out there and attached to your brand when you're also trying to promote a, a newer domain as well. Uh, to eliminate confusion, a lot of times people will do the migration um, just because it's cleaner in the end. Gotcha. Yeah. So is it ever too late to get involved as a strategy consultant? Like if somebody has a, a website that's sort of bad, right? And they went through the build your own website option and, and you know, they, they're on a, a shoestring budget, which a lot of people are, mm -hmm. but, but what happens if, if it's just a, a, a bad website, what do you do? Yeah, I think almost any site can be resurrected. Uh, it's just about scope of work. Um, 
you know, the site Ahrefs is a fantastic website, uh, kind of evaluator where you can go in, you can look at all kinds of things and they have a health score that basically tells you this is how healthy your website is. You know, this is where a lot of the problems lie. And you can take a peek at that health score to see for any domain and see just how deep the issues lie and what it would take to fix those issues. Um, sometimes it may be so uh, much of a lift that it may not be worth it, to be honest. Uh, the issues are kind of so systemic in terms of how the site was built, especially if like multiple page builders were used for, for in WordPress, for example. Those can collide coding-wise, and they can cause a nightmare of problems. If there's been like multiple designers, maybe they've touched the site over the course of time, and maybe there's been like somebody that's hard-coded a little bit too, and all that stuff interacts, it can cause a big problem. If it's like a single builder where somebody tried to do it on their own, you can look at that health score and see, okay, here's the reality of what we have to fix. And, you know, it might just be a few broken link fixes and maybe the images are too big and that's why it's loading too slow. I mean, there could be some small things that can be repaired. And, you know, I think that's a good way to evaluate it and just see how deep the problems run and, and what the fix will look like. But generically, is there something about the build your own website function um, that, uh, you know, more and more providers are offering, is there something that inhibits good SEO with that build yourself uh, website option or, or, or is it, is it okay? I think they're generally pretty good. I think that, you know, WordPress in particular was really thoughtful ab about their structure and how, you know, everything is built and how Google looks at that when content's crawled. And so generally out of the box, WordPress, when you're creating content, WordPress, it's generally they're pretty well optimized for SEO. The, the new kind of kid on the block is Webflow. Everybody really is enjoying using Webflow because it's drag and drop. There's really no widgets or plugins involved. You just move things around and um, it's really easy. And it's absolutely, uh, you know, built for SEO because it's, it's newer. It's, you know, it's a five-year-old company. So it kind of just, it just depends on the platform. But largely, yeah, I mean, they're built for it. Well, what I was thinking of was, you know, the, the, the GoDaddy option, build it yourself, the Weebly option, build it yourself, there's Squarespace, build it yourself. Is there something about those providers that, um, in, in that build it yourself process that uh, sort of brings down the SEO results? I don't know that it really harms you. There are a lot of things that those, you know, if they're offering like a server and you know, the page builder and everything uh, together under one package. And, you know, you've got an intro package, you've got a medium package, you've got an enterprise type package. They're naturally gating some capability as you go, um, obviously to make you spend more to get full, you know, access to the, to the suite of, of the, the software that they offer. So you have to wonder a little, uh, <laughs> If you have that intro package, if you're getting the full functionality, you know, that's the difference between using somebody like GoDaddy who offers hosting together with the page builder versus like building on WordPress or Webflow on your own and getting your own hosting, um, you know, to support that. So I think there's a little bit of a difference there. Mm -hmm. Do you help with the design do's and don'ts? I'm not a designer at heart. I'm, I'm uh, pretty poor at it in terms of the, the functional design. Uh, I do a lot on Canva. That's about as far as that goes. But I do understand 
from a UX perspective, from like a user experience pers perspective, generally, you know, how, how sites should flow, um, you know, what they should look like um, just for ease of use for somebody coming to your site for the first time. Mm -hmm. So how do you discuss the, the aspect of goals and reachable goals, realistic goals? I mean, if somebody says, you know, they, they want, you know, this huge amount of traffic and they want, you know, a, a lot of clients, which everybody does, but I mean, how do, you, how do you sort of break it down to reachable goals? Yeah, crawl before walk, I think is, is you know, my big push for everybody and, and just being realistic, but also having, you know, stretch goals that are out there that you want to push toward that you may not reach early on and then reach goals that are, you know, more pie in the sky. So I typically approach it with somebody if they're just getting started with content on like a 120 day time frame, uh, where you're really looking at what can I do in the next 120 days to establish my foundation. And from that foundation, how can I build? It has as much to do with the, the content you're creating, but where it's being created and also building domain authority and kind of your level of competition in your niche. So you're able to get your voice out there. If you just create content and you're not building your domain authority, it's going nowhere. There's, there's no audience for it. So there's a, um, you know, a big part of it is how those pieces work together. So I think realistically you want to look at, you want to tie like traffic goals and conversion goals into resourcing. Like, uh, you know, what's the resource that you can provide? Are you going to be, creating the content yourself as a business owner? Um, do you have the budget for us to bring a freelancer on that can, can escalate the process and create more content? Because ultimately it does have something to do with volume. And if the business owner is doing it on their own, then you want to pare the, down, the goals down to be more realistic based on what they can create. If we're able to bring a freelancer in and we can really escalate that process and, and create more content in that first 120 days and also do the content marketing and link building activities that surround it, then the goals change. So I think it has it has a big element with with resourcing as well. So how does somebody play the long game here and and be patient <laughs> with the results? Yeah. Uh, so that you know, because you said you you break it down into 120 day sort of blocks, right? So, so you know, if somebody has uh, a new startup and they really need the traffic uh, on their site in order to uh, get the clients, get the business, uh, and, and have an income. Mm -hmm. How do you sort of um, encourage somebody to play the long game and and have a a, a long term perspective when so much is on the line with yeah. the new business and in, in, in generating income? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think a lot of my clients don't tend to be brand new businesses just out of the gate, uh, you know, that they've, they've kind of been working at it for a while and they're looking at content as more of another piece of the marketing puzzle rather than necessarily, you know, starting right from launch and, um, you know, digging into content at that point. If they are though, I mean, there are definitely ways to approach quick traffic. I mean, there's always the option to, you know, get a few articles out there on the blog, uh, for example, uh, do some Facebook ads that point directly to those articles, you know, where you're spending purely on cost per click to just drive some initial traffic and get some eyeballs and get some awareness on your website. So you start to build the traffic. I encourage everybody. I know you're active on LinkedIn. I'm active, very active on LinkedIn. I encourage any 
small business owner to be extremely active on LinkedIn because it opens a lot of doors. So I always uh, include kind of LinkedIn branding and LinkedIn content strategy as part of the overall content strategy, as I think there's a lot that can be done organically from that platform uh, while you're also building out the elements of that 120 days to kick things off that can drive you some traffic and get you some awareness. Right. So, you know, I've been around a while. I started, uh, I, I went full-time self-employed in, back in 2002. Um, and, uh, you know, but social media has changed so much lately in the past five, 10 years, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Exists very really when, when, when I was uh, just getting started. So the weight of social media now is so very different than what it used to be just yeah. five years ago. Right. So, um, how much weight does, uh, does the, the, the aspect of having mul multiple social media accounts uh, way into quality results in how much social media is too much? Yeah, I think there's been a trend, um, you know, kind of the Gary Vaynerchuk model, right? Of you need to create 200 pieces of social content a day or whatever it is, the crazy number that, you know, that he puts out there. You need to be on every platform. You need to be repurposing content from one platform to another platform, and that's fine. But at some point, it just becomes a social media addiction, right? And it's not really driving uh, the results that that make sense for the demographic of your business. So, you know, I think that goes ties back to persona development. I mean, if my reader is 20-year-old to 30-year-old male, then I may want to be on TikTok and creating videos and content on TikTok to reach that audience and Gen, Gen Z, right? If my audience is 50 to 60-year-old, uh, males and you know who have businesses I probably want to be on Twitter you know I'm more than likely no matter what again I'll I'll promote LinkedIn here want to have some kind of LinkedIn presence so I'm more so the mind if you want to dig into the medium that makes sense for your demographic makes sense for your audience for your persona for the clients you typically work with find people where they are and instead of trying to do this spray and pray approach we are trying every medium to just see what sticks. Um, I think the time consumption of that is just way too much versus all the other things that business owners have to do on a daily basis. Right, right. So uh, we're both fans of LinkedIn uh, and uh, Twitter. Uh, what are your favorite social media platforms as far as driving traffic to your, your business, your website? I think... I would really say LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram are the three easiest, um, you know, for my demographic to to build uh, traffic from. Um, from a Facebook perspective, it's easy to boost individual articles and get you know traffic to those articles. I use that as an email marketing lever for myself, uh, basically where I get people to you know an article on the website. I capture an email, you know, put people into a drip campaign and start to to build trust through the, that email marketing. Um, so I think that it's good from that perspective. And that's another approach you can take as a, as a business owner early on. Uh, Instagram is, is good uh, for video in particular. If you're creating longer form video that would you would use maybe on a YouTube channel or on LinkedIn, that you can split those out and create small videos for LinkedIn or for uh, Instagram that you can use because uh, it's you know definitely video friendly. 
um, you know, again, LinkedIn, <laughs> I'll go back to as, as my platform of choice just because of, you know, the or organic nature of connections there and, and the way that you can really work on building uh, relationships and that and building trust. And that's so vital, um, you know, and finding the customers that are right for you and the clients that are right for you if you're a coach or a consultant and you're building that side of your business. Mm -hmm. Is it possible to have um, quality content to build a business without a website? Technically, sure. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think the risk of not having a site is the trust element. If, if people are going to search for you, they type you know, the name of your business into Google and there's no website. First question out of my mind is why is there not a website? Um, so I think that that's the risk you run in not having at least something, even if it's a one page placeholder, you know, where you're not developing all your content necessarily on the site. Um, it's a one page placeholder that explains the business and, and outlines what you do. Um, I think that that, you know, you could do that at a, at a ground level. Yeah. And, you know, if you do that and you have it as more of an informational site, then yes, you can build most of the content away from the platform and have that content you know, point back to the, to the kind of the connection points that you want, uh, wherever that may be. Yeah. I mean, that's an option for sure. And you don't always have to build out the blog on, on the website necessarily to get the attention that you need to get. It's just one strategy and it's, it's a common strategy. So mm -hmm. good, good. Well, Chris, great stuff today. Um, for sure. Very informational, very helpful. Uh, for those that are looking to get started. Um, uh, help us uh, understand where we can contact you and, and uh, reach out if we uh, want to use your services. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, very active on LinkedIn. It's uh, just linkedin.com uh, slash in slash Chris Hughes. You'll find me there. Um, all my content is there. Uh, the website is chrishughes.com. So K-R-I-S. H-U-G-H-E-S uh, dot com. And the email address is just chris at chrishughes.com. So um, you can reach me in any of those places. Great. We've well, been very helpful today. Thanks for your time. And folks, uh, if you need a, a content uh, strategist for your website, for your business, uh, reach out to Chris. And uh, I'm sure he can work out a plan uh, that will bring you uh, traffic and bring you the business that you need. Chris, thanks again for, for your time today. Yeah, thank you. Enjoyed it. That's our episode for today. Thanks for listening. Please let me know what you think of today's episode and your thoughts on the topic. Please give us a like in Apple iTunes or whichever app you're using. It helps us out a lot. Again, for more information about how I can help you through the small business startup process, please go to TomClaremont.com. There you'll find a free download called The 7 P's to Profitability. It addresses the issues and the elements you'll need to have a profitable personal brand business. 